Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first ever episode of Burnt Cookbook Party, an original Pathfinder campaign set in a unique fantasy world where four heroes of varying skills, attractiveness, and stupidity race against time to prevent a war. I'm Jenna Steber, and I will be playing Astra Blep, and you'll meet her later in this episode, so I'm not going to talk about her. I'm Andrew Hansen. I'll be playing Johnny Brightchild. I'm Caitlin Statehar, and I'll be playing Patty Hertz. Uh, I'm Paul Lukemeyer. I'm playing Zelf. And I am your game master, Justin Green. Justin Green? I guess let's jump right into it. Our story begins in the world of Irisol. Aptly named after Iris, the goddess of beginnings, Irisol is home to three mighty countries, united and thriving under the banner of the Triad Nations. However, for now, we'll focus on just one of them, Berwyn. Berwyn is a lush, forested region where nature is interwoven into the very foundations of its cities. After decades of peace, Berwyn has flourished. Its inhabitants enjoy lives of relaxation, chasing their whims and hobbies with little concern. That's why it's so unsettling that mere days ago, unbeknownst to the general population, a long-abandoned military operation was resurrected overnight. A small group of remarkable individuals were summoned to participate, told only that Shadowend was needed once more to ensure Irisol's future. On what would appear to be any other ordinary autumn evening, after quite a long journey from his home country of Rescris, one of these recruits finally reaches the rendezvous point noted in his invitation. Andrew, do you want to describe your character for us? Johnny Brightchild is a tall, fiery ifrit. His skin is kind of orangey, and his hair is the uh, platinum white, shocking kind of blonde. And he has a scar through his eye and eyebrow, and he's pretty well built. He generally has a sort of pretty self-assured smile on his face and can be seen hauling around a sword as big as he is. His full plate kind of has some sort of desert stylings, like there's probably some canvasy kind of cloth cape kind of things going around. Embossed on it will be the symbols of Gavilan, as he is a paladin of Gavilan, which is the sun deity in Irisol. I don't, want to, I don't want to interrupt, but Andrew, super important question. Johnny hot? Is Johnny hot? He's pretty hot. He's super pretty hot. Pretty hot? Yeah. Oh, super hot. Okay. He is definitely a himbo and <laughs> probably is unaware of his hotness. It's just like not how his mind functions. God, that just makes him more hot, Andrew. Right? Exactly. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Terrifying question. Mm-hmm. Do you mean hot because he's an afraid? Both. <laughs> Both. Johnny has the racial trait Desert Mirage, so also he kind of shimmers, like there's a little bit of a heat shimmer around him. It. So You're I'm saying he's it. dreamy. He's like yes. literally dreamy. I thought it was like the Twilight Sparkle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but this one gives him a plus two uh, bonus on Saves vs. Thirst. Oh my god. I'm feeling a little thirsty after this description. And heat. It gives everyone else a minus two on saves against thirst. How prescient of Pathfinder to have added that. So he's happy to have arrived and feels like that he's supposed to be here. Johnny, the green landscape around you may be very different from the Ruscarian deserts, but you're used to traveling alone in the middle of nowhere. Now miles from the nearest settlement, you stand in front of Fort Advin, a towering artifact left over from the Great War. After nearly 70 years of peace, it's faded from disuse, but even so, 
Standing outside of its weathered outer walls, there's no denying its grandeur or its history. And unlike so many forts you've encountered in the past, this one has its doors open to let you in without a fight. <laughs> Coming from the Rescarian Begram area, is there anything that I might have heard in particular about like shadows and commanders? I will say, Johnny, that you know from your invitation that there's a famous astronomer from Resgrace that you're familiar with named Bavel Flaskforge. He's the one that actually has specifically invited you himself. Oh. Is there some like place to check in so that I can go find this Flaskforge? As you're walking into the doors of the fort, kind of getting the lay of the land, you are approached by three elves. You notice immediately that they are all wearing holy symbols of Gavilin, like yourself. Nice. Of the three, there are two boys and a girl. The girl is the tallest. She's kind of a strong, silent type. She's got her hair slicked back. She's carrying a large shield. The smallest is this, like, little moppity-looking, messy-haired boy with wide eyes. He's just staring at you with some hero worship. The one who steps forward and speaks to you is of average height, but he definitely carries himself with the most confidence of the group. He has these ethereal good looks, but he's also very aware of that, so it dims the effect. He doesn't have that <laughs> humble himbo vibe. Right? <laughs> I'm imagining that there's some sort of cool hand gesture. They're like... Uh, representations of their faith. It's going to be like his hands going in opposite directions, uh, like wrist to wrist. So it's sort of like uh, his hands are splayed out on his chest like they would be rays of the sun. Uh, he greets you with the same hand symbol splayed out over his chest. Happy to meet you, my fellow rays. Sir Brychild, it's an honor to meet you. I'm very familiar with your good works in the Sun Springs of Begram. Thank you. Who are you, my friend? My name is Castian Griffiel, and like you, I'm a paladin of Gavilin, but with the Cathedral of Light here in Berwyn. Perhaps you've heard of me. Uh... <laughs> you can make a, a knowledge local roll. Just say yes. Oh, man, I have, baby. I got a 17. You do think that you've heard of a Griffiel from the Cathedral of Light, but you had heard that he had been excommunicated. <laughs> For being too good looking. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I might have, but, uh, you know, you, some, sometimes things get lost in translation. You can tell he's kind of like, he's not offended, but he definitely wanted to impress you and was hoping for you to have the same knowledge of him that he had of you. He kind of shrugs it off. He's like, uh, well, it must be difficult to keep up with current events wandering out in the desert. <laughs> Though your reputation precedes you, I hope you don't mind, Sir Brightchild. I, I'm to check the invitations of all arriving guests. You know, uh, rules are rules. Yeah, yeah, totally. Anyone else important arrived yet? Quite a few people are here. You are among the last to show up, but that's okay. It takes time to get here from Rustgrace, I imagine. Did you have good travels? Johnny will sort of, like, look distantly. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good travel. <laughs> Cassian, he takes time kind of reviewing your invitation he, he puts on a very serious expression you can tell that he kind of enjoys wielding even like the smallest bit of power that's been given to him so Cassian, you know sometimes i hear rumors out in the desert like like you're saying it's kind of you know, sticks a little bit what can you tell me about the church of light is that the cathedral of light the cathedral of light yeah 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 I've heard stories about what it's like to grow up there, you know, as, as a bright child being brought up in the organization that's kind of something we've always heard about written in books in the, the Berwyn cities. 
Yes, I'm very blessed to serve in the light. I thank Gavlin every day that I was orphaned as a baby during the Great War and could be raised worshipping the goddess of justice. Truly, I couldn't ask for anything more. Yeah. yeah. You know, as soon as, like, you know, being brought up to, to worship justice, like, Johnny's eyes will also light up and he says, Right on, man. Indeed. <laughs> it's always great to meet a fellow sword of justice. And he's sort of, and he's sort of staring off fierily. <laughs> The sparkle of your skin kind of lights up the eyes of the tiny little cleric who's watching you. Yeah, yeah. As he's tearing up. (laughs) Cassian hands you back your invitation and he bows deeply. Thank you for humoring me, Sir Brightchild. You can head inside the fort. You'll be at table two. Thank you, Cassian. And if you have any time, uh, or if I have any time, you you might know my schedule better than me. I wouldn't mind sparring with you sometime in in the training grounds. Like to see how you guys do it here. (laughs) All right, see ya. Bye. Uh, and I'll walk off. <laughs> Walking deeper into Fort Advin, Johnny, you begin to see signs of life. Not only can you hear what sounds like a party ahead of you, you can tell that someone made an effort to rehab the interior of the fort, preparing for it to be occupied again. Are there any notable landmarks to this keep? Like, does it have a shrine or like a sort of notable grotto or something like that? Or is there some role I can do to see if I've heard of it? Yeah, I'm going to tell you some stuff generally, but also make either uh, a knowledge history or a knowledge local role, whichever you would do better at. Could you make a notable grotto role? <laughs> yeah, Andrew, real quick question. Are you uh-huh. saying that Johnny wants to open a spa or perhaps a massage parlor at the fort? <laughs> you got it. Okay. Just so everyone knows, Johnny makes heel checks with his charisma rather than his wisdom oh because God, he it. gives massages to kind of get the blood flowing. <laughs> what kind of healing? I have never <laughs> been more turned on than I am right now. <laughs> As I understand it, the himbo conceit came really late in your character creation, but when you say shit like that, it does feel like you made your character to be a himbo. It just comes so naturally to him. But his hands are warming too, so anyway. Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, has a, he, has a, he only got a three on his knowledge history uh, about this place though, but he's impressed by the keep. He's like, I don't think these doors should be open though. Too easy. <laughs> too easy to get in. It's not a grotto, but there is a large courtyard area where the gathering is taking place. There are eight numbered tables set up, most of which are occupied. And looking at them, it's all very fancy. You see that they have expensive linen tablecloths and fine serving ware laid out. There's a lawn table off to the side displaying the most amazing feast that you've ever seen. All of this is arranged in a semicircle in front of this large domed amphitheater. And up on that stage, there's a gilded podium and nine chairs behind it where eight very important people are sitting. How do I know they're important? What do they look like? You know that they're important just because, well, one, they're elevated above everybody else. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The other thing that you notice is that up on the stage you see a historical figure that you recognize named Raquel Winstar. You know that she is the general of Berwyn's army, and she's a paladin of Gavlin herself. Hmm. Hey, Justin, does Shadow End have like an insignia or a banner? Yeah. Or are the people wearing any kind of like decorations? It does, yes. So the insignia of Shadow End is a white phoenix emblem. So you see that on your invitations, you see that on some banners that are hanging around Fort Advin. I'm pretty direct. I'm going to go to the table and I'm going to go try and make friends with people that I sit next to. Yeah. So when you arrive at the table marked with the two, you find four spaces. 
you were the first one there. <laughs> is the implication is the implication that the four of us are going to be the last people? Like we're the <laughs> we're the the team of people that's just always late. Yeah. Then I'll just kind of like awkwardly sit down by myself. Then I guess like kind of like looking longingly at the other conversations people were having, <laughs> but not wanting to interrupt. Make a perception check, Johnny. I rolled a nineteen. So the first thing that you notice is at the table marked with a number five, there's a cute girl with light pink skin and magenta hair, and she is staring at you, like hard staring at you. (laughs) The other thing that you notice is a large marble statue of a woman with these spread white wings, which is reminiscent of the phoenix that you see all around Shadowwind. When you look at this statue, Johnny, you are filled with a sense of deja vu, as if you've seen it before. Even though this is the first time you've stepped foot in Fort Advin, just the sight of it brings you back to somewhere that you can't quite place. Hmm. One of my my drawback traits is to be easily distractible. I love it. So the airheaded hot guy. <laughs> yeah. So as like I start to think that this place is familiar, I totally zone. Uh... <laughs> so as Johnny starts to just zone out, sitting at this table alone, a new guest arrives. Caitlin, would you like to describe your character? My character is Patty Hertz. If there were ever an adventurer that you would want to pick up and put in your pocket, it's Patty. (laughs) Patty is a beautiful snowy white rat folk. She is small with pink ears, a pink tail, and pink feet with a beautiful snowy white coat. Patty grew up with a silver spoon in her mouth and it definitely shows. She is well-dressed with a pretty pink coat, a little pink beret, and of course, no pants, as is custom. (laughs) But don't be fooled by her diminutive and adorable exterior. Patty is also very fierce, a fact that you'll find out if you threaten her and end up on the business end of her giant machete. First of all, Caitlin, thank you for clarifying that she's beautiful. That's really important information. She's so beautiful. So beautiful. Uh, Second of all, when you say small, is it literally like we can put her in our human pockets or is she like a small, like give give us a relative size? So small in the sense that she's about four feet tall, less than 100 pounds. So while she is not actually pocket sized, unless you have extremely large (laughs) pockets, she is petite and cute enough that you wish she would fit into your pocket. (laughs) Okay. Small for a humanoid, not small for a mouse. Very large for a mouse, I would say. (laughs) Disturbingly large. We got to find her a big pocket. Oh, it'll happen happen when we least suspect it. Patty, as you approach the fort, what's going through your mind? What are some things that you are wondering or or things you are looking for? So I'm thinking that I am just so excited for this opportunity. You know, I'm always looking for a way to give back, to make an impact in the world. And I feel like this is the start of a whole new adventure for me, a way to really get out there in the world and make a difference. I can't wait to see what happens. As you approach the three elves that Johnny was speaking to earlier, Patty, you can tell Castian immediately recognizes you. Well, this is not a rare occurrence for you as you're pretty infamous across the Triad Nations. Usually people can hide their reactions a bit better than this kid. Cassian is visibly revolted that you've come in. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) 
Well, that's not the reaction I usually get. That's very disappointing. <laughs> he holds out his hand really abruptly as, as you approach uh, and curtly says, invitation, please. <laughs> well, if he's going to be all business like that, I guess I'll give him my invitation. He put on a show when he was checking Johnny's invitation, but now he's legitimately being rigorous. He's like comparing signatures <laughs> to a clipboard that he has, and he's like holding it up to the sun, just trying to find any imperfection or sign of forgery. Eventually, he, he hands it back to you. He says, Miss Hertz, I, I'm surprised to see that you are actually here. I feel like I'm getting off on a bad foot with this guy. I mean, maybe I need to try to make a little conversation, see how he is. You know, maybe he just has a bad impression of me that I can address right away. Sure. If you want to make a diplomacy roll. Okay. So I've done my diplomacy skill check and I've rolled a seven. (laughs) You also have a minus four penalty when you're interacting with law-abiding citizens, (laughs) it looks like. Oh, no. (laughs) So you come up with a three. Attention to detail. What would you you like to try and say to this man? (laughs) I think I would just, just like to say, sir, I'm so excited to be here. So excited for this opportunity. I can't wait to to work together in the future. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Whoa. (laughs) He looks down his nose at you and he says, "Uh, let's hope that the fort is still standing once you're done with it. I hear that that's a problem (laughs) with some buildings that you visit. How rude. (laughs) You know what? Clearly I'm not getting anywhere with this guy. If he's going to have this kind of attitude with me, I am just going to move on remove this toxic individual from my nice, life nice, and head nice. on in. So as you walk past the other two elves that are with Castian, they kind of just stare at their feet, like try not to make eye contact or get involved whatsoever. So awkward. Entering the courtyard, Patty, you see exactly what I described to Johnny earlier, except that you also notice that Castian has left the the other two paladins in charge of the front and has followed you inside so that you cannot so stealthily keep tabs on you. Is there anything in particular you'd like to do upon joining this party? I think that I'd like to look around and see if there is anyone that I know there. As a socialite, a notable individual, I have a lot of friends all around the world. So I'm curious as to uh, whether any of my party people have showed up today. Perfect. So you can make a perception skill check. And I have a 25. Very good. Very, very good. Thank God. So you are very connected in the world. You follow rumors and gossip very closely. Always. You notice a childhood friend of yours from when you were growing up in the erosion capital of Anamnesis, whose name is Abraham Neven. You notice a human girl named Erin Starsinger. She is a rising young ingenue in Neptis, an erosion city where you have found some work as an actress. The two of you have crossed paths before, auditioning for a lot of the same roles. You know she doesn't think much of you. She thinks you're not a real artist and that you're just using your other fame to make some quick cash in a career that she's worked very hard for. So, you know, I understand the importance of cultivating relationships. So I think I'd like to to work the room a little bit and say hi to some of these people. Why don't you make a new diplomacy check? Okay. Ugh, an eight. (laughs) Things are not going well on the diplomacy front for Patty. 
Patty, as you go around to the tables introducing yourself, you're getting kind of mixed reactions. A lot of people are pleasant. Some of them are a bit starstruck. Other ones aren't really sure how to approach you. When you're at Aaron Star Singer's table, there is a, a human girl sitting next to her who is very excited. <laughs> she grabs your hand and is like, are you Patty Hertz? Absolutely. And who are you? Oh, I'm sorry, Caitlin. Is that what Patty Hurt sounds like? No, she actually sounds like this because she's a rat. <laughs> can I have you? Sorry, can I just have you do that line one more time? I suppose. I am Patty Hurts, and who are you? <laughs> she tells you, my name is Pearl Pervilar, and I have been following your career for years. I am such a fan. I read every gossip column. I read every tabloid. I can't get enough Patty Hurts. Oh my goodness, Pearl, that is the sweetest thing anyone has ever said to me. It is so nice to meet a fan. She pulls you close and she's like, is it true that you once blew up a building? <laughs> Pearl, honey, I, I don't know that I, I really should be talking about that with you. You know, there are legal implications and such, and, <laughs> you, you know, things are complicated. Uh, no, trust me. I don't think that it was terrorism. I think that it's cool. <laughs> I don't think that your your friend should have went to jail. I mean, I think that it was really badass what you did, Patty. Pearl, that is so kind of you to say. I've had so little support over the last couple of years. Is it true what they say? Were you really brainwashed that whole time? Um... <laughs> Who did you hear that from? <laughs> God. She says, I, I read it in the papers. Your, your mom did an interview with Astrology Today, and she said that they had put an enchantment spell on you, and that's why you killed those people. You know what, Pearl? Let's just say this. Your girl, Patty, is someone who is willing to, to fight for what she believes in. And you shouldn't believe everything that you read in the gossip columns. <laughs> oh, fucking spin. <laughs> yeah, I got that was flawless. Thanks, Patty. Let's hang out later, okay? Oh my god, I would love to hang out. You are the best. As Pearl finally lets you go, you notice that the other people at the table are extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> You continue uh, your hobnobbing around this party, just making sure that everybody knows your name and that you you say hi to everyone. Okay, so I've done my rounds. Probably time for me to find my spot and start meeting some folks that are seated at my table. Johnny, you don't have to roll for this. Just a character decision. Do you think that you've heard of Patty Hertz? <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, I do. I mean, I'm a friendly gal, so I want to say hello to my new friend. Role play it. <laughs> well, uh, hi, you're, you're Patty Hertz, aren't you? I sure am. It is so nice to meet you. You're at table two as well. How funny. Me too. I'm Johnny Brightchild. It's nice to meet you. Oh my god, Johnny, it is a pleasure. How long ago did you get here? Oh, not that long ago. I had to come across the desert. It was a long trek. Kind of glad to be sitting down. Oh my gosh, the desert. Yeah, yeah, the desert. I'm from Begram uh, over in Rescarius. Very cool. You're from that uh, that city, right? <laughs> I mean, I am from a city. <laughs> Good save. Ah, that's not quite right. Patty, where do I know you from? 
Did you open a new building? Well, Johnny, I mean, I, I guess you could say that I opened a building. That's one way to put it. <laughs> opened it a lot. As Patty and Johnny are getting to know each other, at the front of the fort, two elves wearing chef jackets make oh their God. way up. <laughs> Paul, would you like to describe your character? All right, let me give this a shot. My character, Zelf, the elf, is in a lot of ways a stereotypical, tall, kind of narrow build. He's got long brown hair that he usually keeps in like a sloppy bun. He dresses like a cook all the time. He's got like casual cook clothes. He's got cook clothes when he's, you know, cooking in the kitchen. He's got fighting cook clothes, which are like, they're extra tough. They're rugged. And he's got... He doesn't have the elven beauty, but he's, he does have the strong elven features. He's got the high cheekbones and, you know, the piercing stare. So it's just kind of more striking. But he also has uh, a severe case of resting bitch face. Uh, and also his default expression is a sneer. And it's not always a mean sneer, but sometimes it is. And it's hard to tell the difference. Sometimes it's a... A kind sneer? Oh, occasionally, yeah. Like an appreciative sneer. Like, yeah, dude. <laughs> It's still patronizing, though. A little bit. A little bit. He actually has a trait called um, competitive. So he kind of, by default, is always trying to decide if he's in a competitive situation or not. And that's kind of his filter. Um, And he might be hungover. So, Justin, do do sunglasses exist in this world? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's got, like, craft alchemy, so he's got some, you know, even if he had to make, like, colored glass. Um, Paul, just sorry, so sorry to interrupt. Real quick, is Zelf hot? No. (laughs) No. Maybe unconventionally. I mean, we can't all be. (laughs) But not conventionally, yeah. I don't know, I think this is a fantasy world. We could just be four hotties. I feel like that's pretty common. Okay, but not self. No, he's like a a seven. (laughs) Seven seven feels very hot to me. I guess I'm not thinking of a chef scale. I think maybe (laughs) if you ask a chef what seven hotness is, they think it's something different. A chef scale goes to 11. A seven on a Thai spice scale is pretty hot, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and he's almost always got with him a hireling, his prep cook, uh, whose name is Manny, short for Manwelf. (laughs) (laughs) Manwelf. Who's like a young, like teenage looking kind of goofy kid, hasn't grown into himself yet. Probably he's blonde. Probably he's the hot elf. Like, he probably <laughs> looks like Ocarina of Time Link. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wait, is that your standard for a hot elf? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I was thinking like goofy teenager elf. Um, okay, okay. I'll, I'm definitely open to suggestions for that, but no, that's, I, I think that's it. great. You know, probably like freckles, like a wide-eyed expression, always kind of, you know, a little clumsy and not naturally clumsy, but just a result of having been put upon because Zelf can be a little <laughs> bit severe in his requirements and that kind of energy is immediately just visually apparent like Manny is carrying more supplies and all the luggage. <laughs> Entering the fort, Zelf, is there anything on your mind? What is this place? What What is this hole in the ground? What mud pit <laughs> that I'm going to? Who are these heathens? You're flagged down by the little Moppetish paladin elf. He jumps up and down and waves at you. Mr. Zelf, over here, please. Sure. 
self saunters over. The kid, he kind of puts on a, a more serious face now and is like, uh, I, I need to check your invitation, sir. The self stands there for like a pregnant pause, and then he casts a look over at Manny, and he says, well? <laughs> Manny checks the luggage, and he starts getting, you know, nervous, starts perspiring a little bit. Eventually, self kind of, ah, and he reaches into his coat jacket and pulls the invitation out, and he gives it to the kid. <laughs> you have to scare them that's still equally exasperated with the kid for not knowing exactly as the young kid checks your invitation he keeps looking up at you and smiling i heard mjolnir is real fancy i haven't been there myself but i i've always wanted to go Zelf is gonna look at this kid over or under his sunglasses he'll sniff and say some parts of it are it's a, big, it's a big city that's gotten small, but you'd better bring some money. <laughs> She's like, oh, I, I'll have to save up, I guess. That's right, you will. And Self smiles. He thinks he's being personable. <laughs> <laughs> good job, Self. Good try. Yeah. Good try, Self. <laughs> I'm doing good at this. The kid hands you back uh, the invitation, and then he, he kind of points over at Manny and, and says, uh, do you have his invitation as well? Invitation? You think they gave him an invitation? <laughs> Look here. And he'll open up the <laughs> invite and he'll point down and he'll say, I listed him under my effects. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> this, is, uh, this is my prep book. He's part of my kitchen. The, the kid nods. He, he doesn't really think that he should let that go, but uh, you do seem very confident. So he, he, he shrugs and goes, yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, self gives him a sneering smile like, yeah. This, that's exactly it. it right. Thank you. <laughs> As you make your way into the fort and turn the corner into the courtyard, what do you want to do? You know, Zelf sees the world as a kitchen, like a performance kitchen. Terrifying. So he looks oh for God. he looks for like the food and like the clientele. Absolutely. Why don't you make a, either a perception check or a, a chef check, profession chef? Got it. Uh, <laughs> probably profession chef because I lean on that real hard. But I'm also... No, I take that back. Here's what I want to do. Uh, I have a spell called Heightened Awareness. One of the components is a coffee bean. So uh, I, as an investigator, have an archetype that is magic battle chef. And all of my spells are magic cooking. Heightened Awareness? Uh, I think most of the time that's just like an espresso shot. Great. <laughs> so I, I reach into my haversack and it's the first thing I grab. Takes a standard action, and the effect is that for 40 minutes, I enter into a heightened state of awareness that allows me to notice more <laughs> about my surroundings, get a plus two competence bonus on perception checks and all knowledge checks. Wow, so that spell really is just espresso shot. <laughs> Keep those eyes open. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Does it make you have to poop is the real question. <laughs> Side effect. No, he's an elf. Ah, Wait, he, don't <laughs> he doesn't have to poop. Of course. <laughs> Everyone That's right. knows. I forgot. I'm shook <laughs> right now. In Pathfinder, elves don't have to sleep or poop. I forgot. <laughs> no. What? No. Everybody poops. <laughs> I rolled a one. <laughs> you rolled a natural one. Spectacular. Zelf, when you look out at the dining area they have set up, you are disgusted. Cheap linen tablecloths, dining wear, maybe not even washed, according to your standards, at least. <laughs> the food that they're serving, pedestrian, not magical. 
it's not a good look, and it's very hard for you to get past it. Amazing. Well, he's going <laughs> to stop and stare for a while. This is when he takes his glasses off. What is there to drink at this children's picnic? <laughs> sure. So each table has a wine that you're not that impressed with. Like, you know that there are some great <laughs> magical wines coming out of Swan Spell that have been aged for thousands of years. And this is like maybe 20 years old uh, from like Disgusting. Gold Grove trash. Fucking <laughs> peasant. That's all right. That's what I drink. It's not what I serve, but it's definitely what I drink. <laughs> this elf is going to go down the banquet line just in case there's something using some local ingredients just to get a better sense of what the scene here is like. He might take a few things and put them in containers into his haversack to later use alchemy on. Most of it is pretty standard. You do see that it is local farms. The one thing that does catch your attention, though, is at the end. There is a cake that looks very, very professionally done. It's the one thing here that you think maybe could have come out of Mjolnir. Ooh. Has it already been cut? No, sir. Do I know whether there's a specific cake course? Like, are they waiting for a speech or a toast? You... <laughs> I'll say with your natural one, uh, <laughs> you assume that these people don't believe in courses. That just... No <laughs> nobody here has taste enough to have tried the only decent food that is available. Nice. Certain civilizations just haven't reached that culture level yet. Well, in that case, Zelf is gonna take a couple bags off of Manny, but, you know, he's not doing it to relieve his burden. What he says is, why don't you get two pieces of cake and bring them down to table too? <laughs> <laughs> and he'll smile and he'll turn his attention to the people here who are actually eating this stuff so you mean to tell me that they kidnapped you but then you started to understand their side of the story that's crazy patty johnny you just you just gotta understand the common man has been so downtrodden for centuries yeah, and yeah, you know it's it's yeah. up to oh, it's us so to, to lift him up and, <sighs> and conquer this bourgeois lifestyle that so many of our people are part of. Honestly, I feel disgusted with myself, Patty. You should, Johnny. You should. <laughs> well, Self is just going to nod in enthusiastic <laughs> agreement. Hey, you're a battle chef. What gave it away? The the battle apron. I've seen it before. You've been to Mjolnir. Hmm. <sighs> there was a guy. Uh, crap. Paul, what was your master's name? Oh my god, the infamous Chairman Naga. <laughs> There's a guy, and then Johnny will go through a very hazy description <laughs> that approximates your master. He like he he showed up one day in the desert. He was looking for this uh, kind of plant. He needed it, some sort of cactus. Pretty likable guy. Well, Zelf is only listening closely enough to look like he's listening as he samples the wine at the table. So the, the hazy description does not add up to a complete picture for him and says, well, we magic chefs have a tendency to look for rare and unusual ingredients, magical effects. Cacti can do some pretty interesting things. You know. You got a favorite uh, battle dish? Is that the right terminology? If we get a chance, I'll show you. Is that a challenge? Things <laughs> <laughs> are escalating at the party. <laughs> Your conversation is interrupted by a scene unfolding a few feet away. You can hear Cassian <laughs> panicked, screaming, What are you doing? What are you doing? Who even are you? 
Manny stands frozen in front of him, having just cut into the cake. That self is going to intervene. He's going to put his glasses back on and put his things down and walk over to the scene of the crime. Is this going to be one of those things where it's like, just as Manny's about to speak every single time, someone (laughs) steps in and cuts him off so we never know what he sounds like? I can't imagine us being that kind of Justin. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to wait a beat to see what Castian's angle is. Castian is like, this cake was made specially by the royal baker, Valatha herself. Well, Zelf is going to put an arm around Castian, and he says, Friend, what is cake for? It's for eating. <laughs> it's for children to eat. And he'll point at Manny, <laughs> his, his innocent boy. Uh, and he'll attempt to c- calm this guy down using his people skills and his ability to flatter. Sure, you want to make a diplomacy check? I would love to. Somehow, that's a 20. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Your words do seem to have an effect on Castian. He kind of pulls himself together. I appreciate your sage words, Mr. Zelf, but I think you'll find that things run a bit differently at Shadow End than they do in Mjolnir. You can't just take whatever you like here. Well, Zelf is going to agree sadly and say, I guess we really aren't in Mjolnir anymore. Hmm? Castian reaches over and takes the, the plate of cakes out of Manny's hand and goes, I know it's already been cut, but you understand that rules exist for a reason. <laughs> I mean, that's fine, but Zelf is a little bit offended that somebody slapped his hand through Manny. So he's going to say, well, as a newcomer here, I recommend you stand here and keep guard of that cake because not everyone knows the rules. <laughs> that's probably a good idea, sir. I'll, I'll get one of my squad mates on it immediately. All right. Well, Zelf is going to take Manny with him and say, it's all right, Manny. We live and we learn. You see, Castian, he tries to first tries to like put the slice of cake back into like the spot where it was taken out from. Uh, it doesn't quite go well. It's, you know, falling apart Gotta a little bit. A camera. And then he, he makes a, his retreat. Sorry, something very funny about the image of somebody trying to reinsert and cut a slice of cake back into the And like being like, ah, oh, it's not quite. And then like patting the frosting right. to like kind of smooth it over. It gets worse before it gets better. Can't uncut a cake. While Zelf and Manny make their way back to the table, our last cadet makes her way up to the fort. Jenna, would you like to describe your character? My character is named Astra Blep, uh, short for Climbing Astra, but everyone just calls her Astra. Uh, she is an oracle and a con woman, and is sort of visually based off of like a 1920s or 30s cartoon of a flapper, so that's kind of inner. She's got like thin eyebrows and pretty curly hair that's just just on the border of being a, a really curly mullet uh and she's got very very fashionable jacket on it's kind of flapperish vibes to it lots of beading lots of beading that's what i have to say about her outfit and she comes in and is sort of looking around kind of getting a read on the situation not not casing the joint why would you say that just looking <laughs> what do you want to use for finding a mark sense motive does that sound fair uh, yeah, as fair as anything else, uh, <laughs> she's just not very good at doing things like that. <laughs> so let me see what my sense motive is. A shockingly low three for a con person. <laughs> it's not about the truth. It's about the truth you create. Yeah, the truth is the truth that you made along the way. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> not ideal. I got a seven. Excellent. Is that excellent, Justin? <laughs> <laughs> Astra, as you enter the fort, keeping your eye out for your next mark, you're approached by Castian, this 
very abrupt elf paladin carrying a clipboard. He seems frazzled as he asks for your invitation. Oh, an invitation. Yeah, I've got one of those. It's a real legit invitation. She pulls it out from her jacket and hands it over. Here it is. You'll find that the I's are dashed and the T's are dotted and everything's in order. He takes the invitation from you and it connects with him for the first time who you are. His eyes narrow and he says, Miss Blepp, a pleasure to meet your acquaintance. I've been looking forward to this as I actually don't know a lot about you. She smiles real big, uh, awkwardly big, as if she's trying to cover <laughs> for nothing at all. But when he says that she, he was looking forward to meeting her, she freezes up a little and goes, Oh, is that, you've heard of Astro, you've heard of me, huh? That's, I love that. <laughs> who, who are you? Castian Griffiel. I was asked to check in my fellow recruits. It's interesting. He turns the clipboard around so you can see a list of names, each with a little blurb, where they're from, facts about them. You see after each cadet, it lists a reason why they were asked here, but for Astro Blep, it's just a name and that's it. Isn't that strange? Isn't that strange? I don't think that's at all that strange. You know, they, they, uh, they send me a letter asking me to fill out a bio and I just really forgot about it. You know, I just don't like talking about myself all that much. So, uh, you know, but I'm at, hi, Mastra. So nice to meet you. He hands you back the invitation and sort of tersely smiles. I look forward to learning more about you, Miss Blood. Mm. Uh, yeah, likewise. He lets you pass into the main courtyard area. Well, gosh, I think the party's probably pretty full into swing at this point, right? Because I'm uh, arriving a little late. I think I want to go straight to the table where I'm supposed to show up at and kind of get my footing amongst these new people. So uh, I do want to point out that Zelf did not have Manny take the last seat. He told Manny to sit on the luggage (laughs) (laughs) or on the grass if he wants. Um, So she's going to approach and say, hello, everybody. I'm Astra. So nice to meet all of you. We're all new recruits here, huh? (laughs) Oh, hi, Astra. I was just telling a story about a cactus that I found in the desert to this battleship. And this... This here is Patty Hurst. In the flesh. Hi, Astra. It's so nice to meet you. I love your beads. Oh, uh, thank you. I love um, your machete. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Uh, So uh, you're a battleship? Oh, no, I guess uh, you're the battleship, huh? Welcome to the party. (laughs) So glad to be here. Uh, Gosh, this place sure is impressive, huh? The ceilings are so tall. I like the big white birds. Honestly, I think it's pretty cool. A phoenix, I think? I think it's righteous. Uh, I think it's a swan. Aren't swans white? I don't think phoenixes are white. <laughs> All I know is that it looks like a real waste of resources to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're white if you raise them without any sunlight. You just keep them in a little, you know, cupboard. Keep them tender. Like a, like a cave phoenix. Okay. That's right. <laughs> Swans are cave phoenixes? <laughs> no, 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 no. Wow, this is such a fancy party. It's been so long since I've been to such a fancy party. I do. I also like your beats, Astra. I think they're pretty neat. Oh, thank you. So what are you good at? I like to hit things with my sword, and I like to make friends. <laughs> Sorry, it's so adorable. (laughs) What great energy. Sweet himbo. Oh, I've got, you know, I've just, I've got all kinds of talents, you know. Um, I like to uh, tell fortunes and uh, the future. It's so 
Uh, there. <laughs> what about you, Patty? What's your deal? Oh, Astra. I mean, I guess we all know what your deal is. I'm well, sorry. I shouldn't have said that. It's so awkward. <laughs> oh, my God. Besides, just, you know, being be my, be myself. Just, you know, Astra, I'm just trying to make my way in the world. Trying to make a difference. You know, aren't we all? Yeah. I can't, just can't believe that you weren't really brainwashed. Like, you, it's really blowing my mind, the idea that, like, the papers, like, would be saying something that wasn't true. <laughs> uh, oh, um, no comment? I mean, I've always said that if it's in print, you can trust it, right? Because, like, stuff that's in print is so, it just takes so much work. So if it's in print, you can probably trust it, right? Oh, I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> Well, agree to disagree. You, uh, Elf, Elf, oh, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't even get anybody's names. That's so embarrassing. Oh, you're close. My name's Elf. <laughs> <laughs> this is Manny. You don't have to talk to him if you don't want to. He won't take it personally. Okay. <laughs> That's fine, yeah. But if you want to, you can. Just don't scare him. <laughs> oh, does he scare easily? He scares so easily. <laughs> Was that Johnny trying to scare Manny? Good naturedly. Yeah. Yeah. Good naturedly. Like, Self has no clue what Manny's personality is actually like. I don't know about you guys, but Patty has started to develop a real problem with how Manny's being treated. Oh, no. He's a hardworking guy. He deserves respect. Why haven't you talked to him yet? Got distracted talking to Johnny. He's so dreamy. <laughs> Fair. Johnny distracts himself. As you guys chat, another squad passes by your table. It's made up of two elf girls and then identical twin human boys. They all are dressed in goth attire with dark hair and makeup and just kind of a gloomy atmosphere about them. Uh, they definitely look as if they've planned the match as a group ahead of time somehow. Oh no, the goth. One of the elf girls slows down when she sees you, Astra. I, I don't mean to interrupt. I just want to say I, I love your sword. I've not seen anything like that before. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm Glorhand, by the way. Uh, you know, it's part of the reason I got here, even. You know, it's just a, just a little artifact. I mean, some say it was uh, touched by the Fae, you know. <laughs> it's totally the reason why I'm here. It's pretty cool, right? Whoa, look at that spiral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, a rapier sword that, like, the the first foot is just straight, but then the rest of it is sort of spiraled out, like, kind of like a giant corkscrew, although it is unrelated to cooking. <laughs> That's not my character's aesthetic. Uh, that's where the Faye touched it. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> Patty, you recognize the twins in this squad. They've actually been the subject of rumors lately in your noble circle, when you were growing up in the erosion capital of Anamnesis, you were acquaintances with this boy, Abraham Neven. Earlier this month, Abraham was rumored to have woken up next to a double of himself. And now no one is sure which is the real one. My goodness. Spectacular. <laughs> you haven't seen him since this happened, but indeed there are two identical Abrahams standing in front of you. Mm -hmm. He's going by Abraham and Neven now, not Abraham Neven. Understood. <laughs> I think that I would like to go up to Abraham and just, you know, be like, oh my gosh, hey there, guys, Abraham and his brother, right? Uh, <laughs> you can see Neven <laughs> takes a 
bit uh, of an affront to that. He's like, Patty, I, we've known each other since we were kids. I'm the real one, and he's the fake one. I thought that you'd be able to tell. Oh, gosh. I am such a dunce. I am so sorry. But you look amazing today. Abraham puts his hand on your shoulder and goes, Patty, don't let him get you upset. He's, he's just upset that he's the fake one. <laughs> oh, boys. You guys are so funny. Um, it was great seeing you. Oh, that really is a cool sword. Johnny's like definitely got anime glowing like diamond eyes as he's like talk- <laughs> looking at how cool and exotic the spiral rapier is. Yeah, it's um pretty remarkable. Definitely the most remarkable thing about me is my cool sword. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I doubt that. We're at Shadowwind after all. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't have the sword if I wasn't something pretty remarkable, huh? Go ahead with what's your deal? That uh, the cool hair. Oh, thanks. Me, I'm from Fainlin. I graduated from the Magic Academy there. Oh, me too. I'm from Fainlin too. <laughs> oh, wow, really? What's your name? I'm Astra. My name's Astra. You can call me Astra. I'm Astra Blab. Thank you. Hi. Man, your name sounds so familiar. Have I seen you in the Wizard Bazaar before? Are you a merchant? Oh no, I you know I don't have my own stall or anything, but I I do uh, I I got you know I I do work on commission. I've got some some publications out there, you know, just like helpful helpful stuff for helping people. Got it. Well, I'll let you guys get back to it. But we should hang out later, though, Astra. It'll be nice to have someone from Fainalin here. It's actually my first time leaving home, and I want to get to know you better. Yeah, I'm so excited to meet everybody here and get real close and intimate with them. Astra, would you tell our fortunes? Oh, gosh, I mean, we're at a party. Isn't that kind of a weird thing to do at a party? (laughs) (laughs) Is it? I think that's a normal thing to do at a party. (laughs) (laughs) I'm flashing back to how many actual real-life parties I've had with all of you in which we've done (laughs) fortune-telling. Astra says, well, I guess I do have my cards on me if we wanted to do that. Is this just like a getting to know us party, or is it like, um, is there going to be events? Well, I think we're waiting for someone to speak, so we have time to kill. Ah, uh, well, okay, yeah, I can do fortunes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you want, Johnny, you want your fortune done? Yeah, totally, please. This sounds so fun. Johnny, do you have a parlor trick, or are you just going to put Astra on the spot? Oh, I have to put forward a trick before she'll read my fortune. I think so. It's only fair, isn't it? That's no, as Elf is right, I'm not gonna, <laughs> not gonna tell you a fortune unless you can impress me. <laughs> yeah, and Elf is kind of like slap Johnny on the shoulder, good naturedly, like, come on. Dang. He's starting to feel that tick of like being in a situation where people have to show what their skills are. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the competition trait a springing to life. Now Johnny's been put on the spot. And he's like, I, I don't really think there's anything I feel like I could do that's any particularly exceptional. Oh, well, then I can't tell you fortune. That's a real shame. <laughs> Defeated Johnny sits back. Oh, no. And <laughs> <laughs> kind of pouts. Thinks about what it would have been like if he were cool enough to have his fortune told. Esther, <laughs> <laughs> you're saved from any further pressure by a wizened elf standing up on the stage at the podium. He has long gray hair and long powder blue robes. Um, But he has very soft, kind eyes. Despite elves living hundreds of years and keeping their youthful looks, this dude looks old, so you know (laughs) he's ancient. God, he got old. He begins to address the entire crowd. 
I appreciate all of you for accepting our invitation. I know some of you have traveled quite far to be here, without much to go on, and you probably have a lot of questions. I will do my best to answer those questions now. Seventy years ago, at the height of the Great War, Shadowwind was born right here where we're sitting now. Spira Advin, a brilliant military leader to some, and the holiest of saints to others, brought together a group of like-minded individuals from both sides of the war who sought to end the conflict with as little bloodshed as possible, striving to orchestrate unity over domination. Spira and her allies accomplished that goal. In the peace she ushered in, the Triad Nations were formed. Shadow Inn was no longer needed. This fort stood abandoned, an artifact of the violence we left behind us. Until now. Unbeknownst to the population at large, a week ago, King Aimwe the Eighth, ruler of Erosia, suddenly cut off all communication with the rest of the Triad Nations and closed its borders with no explanation. Now our worst fears have come to pass. Erosia's armed forces, the Winter Guard, have invaded the island nation of New Haven. Since its founding, New Haven has remained politically unaligned, a friend and ally equally to all the Triad Nations. The gnomes there have no army of their own to defend themselves. We must liberate them and halt this power grab before it gains momentum. Now, only we stand in the way of a second world war. Thank you for listening to this, the first episode of Burnt Cookbook Party. This is a brand new podcast and we're still searching for our audience so if you enjoyed this would you do me a favor and post about it online and maybe text a wreck to a friend or a family member you think would enjoy it would your mom like this show when was when was the last time you texted her maybe send her a link maybe she'd get really into it i don't know anyway it would be cool of you to do that you can find us on twitter at bcb party that stands for burnt cookbook party b is in bravo C as in cat, and B as in bravo again. Party. That's on Twitter. Or email us at burntcookbookparty at gmail.com. By the way, we have a Patreon. And thank you to any Patreon members who are listening. Presumably you are re-listening to the entire show and you have made it back to the first episode in your own tiny little time loop of itself. You can find that at patreon.com slash bcbparty. Burnt Cookbook Party is Andrew Hansen as Johnny Brightchild, Caitlin Stadahar as Patty Hertz, Paul Lukemeyer as Zelf, me, Jenna Steber, as Astra Blup, and Justin Green as DM and World Builder. Executive produced by me, Jenna Steber. And this episode was edited by Justin Green. <laughs>